obviously giving Leander's face. Trying to respect his agency in anything, you know, because he doesn't have much uh, of it. But he knocks on the door one of the knights, um, just not expecting an answer, but hoping. Uh, it takes a little bit, but eventually the door does open. Uh, Leander, it's getting kind of late. Leander is already dressed in his night clothes. His hair is braided. He stares at you impassively, no sign of surprise, and he just says, Elian. Can I, um, can I come in? Yes. He steps aside and lets you in. And, um, he has his dulcimer with him. Is this the big hammered dulcimer or like the small lap one? The lap one. Okay. He looks at it in surprise, but doesn't say anything. Closes the door. I, um, I know you said that you don't enjoy music the same way but I um I've been working on something he looks kind of wary like he he obviously knows where this is going like you want to play him a song and he seems kind of worried that he's not gonna have enough emotion to react to it I um I just I want to play it for you regardless it's a song I've been working on for a while but can I just can I just play for you? He does he, like he seems really really wary, but eventually he says very well, and he sits down on the bed. Elian just takes a seat and puts the dulcimer on his lap and um, just begins to play. And it's it's just a quiet instrumental. It's. Like, normally when he plays the mountain dulcimer, he's playing more folk songs and you know, more jigs, things with a little more life. This is almost um, reflective, and it's... It, he didn't write it specifically for Leander, but it's been informed by everything that's happened uh, in the past several months. So it's, it's emotional, it's sedate and he just hoped that someone might appreciate it. whole process he's sitting very quietly on the bed just watching you uh his face does not change at all and by the time it comes to the end uh he is just kind of silent thank you for um letting me at least play it for you and uh, he just gives him a 
kind of small smile. I know we've we've had arguments and we disagree about a lot, but I I do miss talking with you. He just sort of nods. He doesn't say anything. His face is still blank. I think he um slips the dulcimer back into its case. I um it's funny the uh things that happen things that you miss. I um I'd gotten so used to being on the run or uh just not with anyone and uh the the bed feels empty without you. And I know that's stupid to say after only one night, but I miss you. He nods again. His face is extremely, like, it's it's even more controlled than usual. Like, usually you're able to detect some trace of, like, a, a passing thought or a vague emotion, but it is almost deliberately schooled blank. Oh. Um, good night, I guess. He says quietly, good night. I want to say I want to be wandering, like, not the streets, obviously, like, at least outside in the garden, thinking about May and thinking about her during mass. What a question to ask during mass. If we're going to be involved, it's not going to be that long. What would May be like in the middle of the night in her room, probably? It, you can take a look around for her. She might might reasonably be asleep. She does have the blood. Right! She is apparently extremely sick. Yeah, so that definitely hastens my steps. Like, you know what? I should try not to bother her too much, but, like, make this quick. I need to go find her. Uh, you... You do eventually find her. She's in the library. Uh, she's reading. She looks like she's kind of tired. She'll probably go up to bed soon. I go into the library and... Excuse me, May? Uh, she looks up. She says, oh, hello, dear. And she pats the uh, seat next to her on the settee. Definitely sit down next to her. <laughs> I'm sorry to bother you this late. You're not a bother, dear. That's That's good. I was thinking about what you said during Mass, about our time being brief. Well, my time being brief, at least. Yes, that. And I, I have given it thought, and if you'll have me, I would like to spend your remaining time together she stares at you for a really really long time eventually she does say uh well i certainly do appreciate the sentiment it's quite flattering actually to know that even though i only have at most another year on my life to go that you would want to spend it with me i just i don't i want to go out of this world doing as little damage as possible. Does that make sense? I shake my head. She says, I have friends and I have acquaintances. Goodness knows Dorian is going to be very broken up about this, especially because 
It was his friend that I was trying to heal when I contracted the blight. My death is going to cause pain. And I want to do everything I can to minimize it. Which brings me to you, my dear. She says, I don't want you to hurt more than you have to hurt. I, I am dying, and I don't want you to ignore that. I want it to be something that you acknowledge. And if it's going to make it hurt more, then... If us being together is going to make my death harder on you, then I don't think it's something we should do. I reach out and take her hand and say, regardless of if we're together or not, I'll still be sad about you dying. And I think the best way for me to acknowledge the fact that you are dying is to at least try to make you as happy as I can. You would willingly do that. You'd consign yourself to making a pain hurt worse? Why? Because you're worth everything, May. You are light. You are beauty and grace. And even if you try not to make us hurt, we're all still going to grieve. Dorian will still blame himself. And after all this, I will still love you. Uh, she's actually getting kind of misty-eyed. Uh, but she tries to, like, she tries to, like, keep herself together and, like, hide that fact. So she, like, sort of stares down at her lap and it's, she's just scratching her face. She's not wiping her <laughs> right, tear it's away. Fine. It's fine. She's totally fine. She says, um, wow. That's a very sweet sentiment, my dear. Kaz is gonna, like, lean forward and try to wipe away that tear. She immediately, just immediately, just like arches into your hand, like a cat starved for affection. No. Uh, don't tell Dorian about these tears or he'll kill me and then kiss her. So kissing Mavaris, she's just as soft as you expected her to be. Like, soft skin, soft lips, just a soft kiss in general. But it's very nice. Like, she's so warm and she's so sweet and she leans right up into it and it carries on for a long time. And then from somewhere behind you, Talgan's like, oh, didn't realize I was interrupting something. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> she, like, she takes the opportunity when she hears Talgan to, like, pull back and blush appropriately. Like, she is still kind of dainty about the whole thing. Right. Regardless. Talgan's like, oh no, don't stop on my account. I was just passing through to get some coffee, but <laughs> you two clubbirds keep it up. <laughs> and he just sort of walks off chuckling. Good night, Talgan. Night! <laughs> Elian, you are having a dream. This dream takes place in the basement of the Pavis estate. You're reliving the failed ritual. Oh, great. That failed to help Leander break his tranquility. And you're stuck in that moment of Leander sitting in the center of the broken summoning circle, screaming in anguish. And his scream just keeps going. And it's 
It's like knives. Like, for a split second, it barely even matters that he's tranquil. He's so incredibly devastated that it shatters the magic holding his emotions in check. And he sits there and he screams, and it's the worst thing you've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, this this feels like a heart attack. Like, this this hurts viscerally. And it probably also doesn't help. Earlier that night, you went to play him that song, and there was just nothing. There was nothing in him that reacted. It's like, in your mind at that moment, he has two settings, pain and nothing. And it's like, the nothing is almost worse than the pain. And as you are helplessly sitting there watching Leander scream, the sound suddenly stops, just comes to a very quiet close, and there is a voice that comes from behind you. So listen, the parameters of the spell are wrong. I whirl. Where have you been? Uh, in your head? Generally speaking, you you broke off in the middle of a sentence and just didn't tell me anything. Well, you didn't let me into your head for very long. I don't have any control over you when you don't let me in. I can't talk to you. I can't send you messages only when you have dreams. <sighs> okay, you said you said the parameters were wrong. What's what's wrong? So the nature of this spell, as I've been able to determine it, are that a supplicant, someone entreating for help as a reward for their faith, comes into the middle of the circle, and then a spirit of faith comes down from the fade and judges them. And if they are worthy, they touch their mind, and among other things, break tranquility around them. He says, this is a very good ritual for someone who wants to prove their faith, but that's not what you're trying to do with this spell. The shattering of tranquility is a byproduct of the original ceremony. What you need is magic that's designed to break tranquility. Spirits of faith aren't the only spirits in the faith who can do this thing for you. Help me understand then. You know I don't understand this. He says, I'm doing my best. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not used to talking to someone who doesn't know anything at all about magic. I can't help that since whenever you became soul magic is somehow less in the world i can't change that i know i'm not trying to be fussy i'm trying to explain myself he says listen the magic that's holding his emotions his magic in check it's twisted and malformed but it's not impenetrable a being made of pure magic a spirit could theoretically reach through and shatter it from the inside You would have to find a spirit that is willing to do it, and a spirit that can be summoned without attracting too much attention from less friendly entities. He says, I think maybe a spirit of mercy would be a good start. What about your your friend, Faith? He looks surprised and he says, how do you know Faith? My, um, my friend Cassandra, Faith was... In her head, the same way you're in mine. Can I talk to her? He gets really excited, like he scoots toward you. Can I talk to Faith? Is she here? Is she nearby? I want to see her so bad. I haven't seen her since since before. I I don't know. I I don't know how any of this works. And he kind of deflates. He's like, right, you don't want to let me into your head. Okay, well, I guess, the, guess I can't do that. 
if you get the chance to tell Faith something, could you tell her that I miss her so much and I hope she's okay and I want to see her again and if I figure out a way to do that, I'll I'll do it as soon as I can. Do you, um, do you also know a, a soul called Justice? He lights up even further. Justice is here too? What about Pride? Do you know where Pride is? No. Oh. And he deflates. Well, three out of four ain't too bad. Do you remember anything more about yourselves i i remember that we were he he's like he's straining like he's really trying to remember we, we were warriors i think or, or fighters or maybe rebels against something but then there was this huge catastrophe i don't really remember what and we were all rent from our physical bodies i guess because he like gestures down at himself like obviously yeah, yeah. I don't... Remembering before the catastrophe is so hard. I I just remember there was a lot of light and a lot of sound, and I'm sorry, I don't remember more. It's okay. But I remember them. They were my best friends, and we did so much good work together. <sighs> goes against every fiber of my being, as I know you probably understand. I, I, I need... I need to save him. And he looks, he pauses for a moment and looks at you and then back over your shoulder. You mean Leander? You want to save Leander? Yes. And, and one of our, one of our friends is very sick. And Faith said that she thought you might be able to, to help her. Well, I was a healer. I remember that much. So, um, I, I, I don't know how this works. I'll do what I can, but there's not a whole lot I can do from inside your head. I know, that's that's what I'm trying to say. And I think Elian's, like, tearful and stressed and worried about this, but he he's just looking at compassion. It takes compassion a minute, because he's not super quick on the uptake either. <laughs> Eventually he says, Oh, so you're saying you... You're saying you're okay with it? I can't. I can't live without him. And you're my only chance. He says, you're, you're really sure. I know how uncomfortable you were with it the first time. I don't want to force it on you. It's, you're not forcing me. Okay. Well, if you're really sure, I can certainly do a lot more if I have easier access to your eyes. How do, how do I give it to you? I mean, this, this is me telling you that it's okay. Okay, okay. He, he can tell that you're so stressed out. And he you're both sort of kneeling on the floor. And he, like, scoots toward you. And he pulls you into hug. And he says, it's going to be okay. I'm going to help you, okay? And he just clings. Because this, this is the worst memory. We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure it out together. I promise. Okay. And you wake up. Cassandra, you are in the library of the Pilus Estate, and you are standing absolutely immobile as Maverus is passed out on the floor. Lovely. You can't move your arms and legs. You are unable to even breathe. You are forced to stand there and stare at her as she lies sprawled out on the floor. You can't even tell if she's breathing. Oh, 
Nice. I love that. Good start to the night. I'm going to try to fight that. Like, don't like this. I want to move towards her. Willpower self-discipline, my friend. Okay. That's an 11. That's not good enough. You are standing there helplessly trying to move any part of your body just to get to her, to help her, and nothing is working. You are just forced to stand there and you are starting to think May might be dead. Oh my god. I am definitely gonna try to scream somehow, like, because I'm just really frustrated that I can't move. And you try to scream, you can't even scream. And as you are desperately trying to scream, her body starts to decay in front of your eyes. Oh Oh. no! I hate that. I hate that a lot. You feel hot tears pouring down your face, you're sobbing, and then a hand grips your shoulder and turns you around hard and it is faith and she is so short she's like even shorter than they she's like maybe 411 just tiny tiny little thing it's a miracle she even managed to touch your shoulder you're so much taller than her (laughs) but she turns you around and the spell sort of breaks and you're no longer in the library you're in the garden up behind the pavis estate and faith is staring up at you like it's okay it's okay it's not real it's just spirits imitating your fear it's okay I couldn't, I couldn't move. I know, she says, but it's okay now. The spirit's gone. I I sent it away. Thank you. It's okay. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to make sure people always, uh, stuff. I don't know. Listen, (laughs) she says, so I've I've had access to your eyes for a couple days now. I know I've been kind of quiet. I didn't want to intrude too much. Uh, but I, I saw what's wrong with, with her, with your, with your, uh, friend, <laughs> she says. <laughs> with your Mayveris. Tell me, what? Well, she has a soul sickness. It's a, it's a disease that's snarled all the way down to her soul. And it's gotten pretty deep in there. It looks like it's been there for a while. I don't know a whole whole lot about this particular disease. I've never really seen anything like it before. If you manage to get to compassion, maybe he'll be able to do a little bit more. I I used to watch him all the time. I wanted to practice under him to be his assistant healer, but I always got under his feet and like tripped him up. And one time I accidentally set a patient on fire, so he banned me from the healing wing. Faith, you're rambling. Oh, sorry. The point I was trying to get to was that the, the panacea that he taught me the, the cure-all for any sort of disease, even ones that affect the soul directly, is you need a spirit that's willing to sacrifice itself to replace her soul. Oh, no. Ah. Uh. I don't know how to do that, because, again, I set people on fire instead of helping them most of the time. But, <laughs> but I bet if you find compassion, you'll be able to get him to help you explain it. He's much better at that stuff than I am. I did ask Elian. Who's Elian? Oh, is he the uh, the one with the hair and, and the face? Yeah, that one. The Orlesian one. The one. I don't know what yes. Orlesian is. Right. The one who's fussy about his appearance. Okay. Well, if compassion is inside of him, I might be able to bring him out a little bit, maybe? Uh, if you let me uh, take control of your body for a little bit, I can go over to... What's Elian you said his name was? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, And I might be able to use some of my magic to draw him out of Elian a little bit, maybe. Maybe I could talk to him. I would not do that without Elian's permission first. Faith stares at you like she doesn't even understand. It's like, 
okay, okay. It seems seems a little extra, but sure, if you want to get his permission, I guess that's fine. Like, <laughs> we can pretty much switch consciousnesses at will at this point. I got myself a pretty good situation in here. So if you want me to take over and look around and move your body for you, you just have to tell me to, and then I will. Okay, that is not comforting the way that you said it, but... I don't know of another way to say it, but okay. She says, by the way, I've been meaning to ask, when are we? I sort of can't my head. <laughs> like, what do you mean, when? Like, what year is it? I just sort of blink, like, 945 dragon? Oh, I don't know what that means. Probably should have anticipated that in a really long time the calendar system would have changed. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what a blight is? No. What's a what's a blight? It's what Mayveris has. You called it a soul sickness? Oh. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. Like I said, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it seemed pretty bad. Any anything that can affect a soul like that is bad news bears. Right. You seem like you and Compassion were very good friends. Oh yeah. He was so great. He was really nice and, and friendly and sweet, and all of my friends were really great. Justice and, and pride and wisdom. Oh, I miss wisdom a lot. Do you know what happened to the others? She shakes her head. I don't even know what happened to me. I just remember there was some big explosion, and she, like, throws her arms out as, <laughs> as if to emphasize the size of the explosion. Yeah. Oh, she's so cute. I love her so much. Okay. And then... <laughs> Everything just went white, and then I guess I somehow got thrown out of my physical body. At least one of your friends is nearby. Yeah. I hope I can find all of them. I'm especially worried about Pride. I remember really distinctly in the last few days, Pride was acting really strange. Always sneaking off by himself and doing shady stuff. We were all really worried about him, but then, you know... Then we should be wary of this pride oh no 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 pride he's he's good people it's just we were all just sort of worried that he was going down a dark path that's all happy winter send everyone <laughs> wow it's winter send morning uh you all wake up to something that smells absolutely delectable and uh, as you come downstairs, you're expecting it to be Mayveris who's the one cooking, but actually it's Leander. Uh, it's Leander who's the one in the kitchen, uh, oh. and he is cooking up something that smells absolutely wonderful. And who comes down first? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably Elian. I mean, we've canonically established that he's an early riser, mm. not as early as May, because nobody usually is. Yep. Yeah. May is actually sleeping in today. Yep. She, she is. That's valid. Yeah. She's sick. She's very <laughs> sick, yes. Elian comes in and, like I said, was expecting May and is pleasantly surprised. I, I didn't know you cook. I don't usually. I only cooked for my old master. What's the, what's the occasion? Is it just? He shrugs. It is winter send, and Mayveris was still asleep, so I thought I might as well. You don't want to give Dorian the opportunity to try to cook. Last time that <laughs> happened, we almost burned down the Pavis estate. <laughs> can i help you he eyes you i do not require any help elian rolls his eyes all right i'll just get plates then very well 
happy winter send. <laughs> happy winter send. <laughs> I want to come down like right at this moment and be like, hello. <laughs> hello, Cassandra. Happy winter send. Yes. And to you as well, Leander. And I just <laughs> like take <laughs> Elliot by the shoulders and I'm like, happy winter send. <laughs> Happy winter send to you. Cassandra, as you grab Elian by the shoulders, you hear a tiny little chirping voice in the back of your head. That's him! That's him! That's him! That's compassion! I can see him inside him! Oh my god, he's here! And you get, like, the presence, like, you can't feel her bouncing, but you get, like, the impression of her, like, vibrating with excitement. And I'm like, Faith is extremely excited to see compassion. Yeah, I was gonna wait a bit to tell you all that. Ah, long story. I'm like, what story? Three guesses the first two don't count. Cassandra, <laughs> can I talk to him, please? She really wants to talk to Compassion. Can he come out to play? Um, uh, sure, but not, not in the kitchen. Right as you're talking about this, Dorian comes striding downstairs. Happy Winter Send, everyone! Happy Winter Send, Dorian. He bonks you on the head, Cassandra, with a present. He says, are you excited for your present, Cassandra? <laughs> My eyes get very big, like... A present for me? Just for you, my dear. And he hands you a nicely wrapped present. Uh, it feels kind of soft underneath the packaging. It's quite heavy. Can I open it now? He says, that is why I gave it to you now. I just like look at it. And I'm like, okay. And I start to open it. <laughs> uh, Dorian has given you a very beautiful, uh, it's dark violet with golden embroidery. It's a hooded cloak. Uh, with a golden clasp at the neck. And you can tell just looking at it that it's been enchanted. Um, it is just long enough that it can barely brush the floor when you wear it. And the enchantment on it lets it reflect heat rather than absorb it so you can stay cool in the winter sun. Nice! <laughs> I sort of like just stare open mouthed at it at the, in my hands and then like up at him and just like back at the box like... <gasps> and he says, I think... Purple is your color, my dear. And he, like, noogies your head and he goes to help Leander set the table and shit. Oh, shoot. I should probably go up and grab, grab the presents. Shoot. Uh, so every everyone who lives in Kirkwall comes in at around the same time now. Uh, so that's Lennon and Sabre and Ren and Zevran uh, and Fenris and Hawk. And they all Yay. sort of come trailing up at the same time. And they've all got big armfuls of presents, except for Lennon and Ren and Sabre who don't celebrate winter set. Yes, right. Um, <laughs> correct. <laughs> And Telkin, like, kicks open his bedroom door. Happy Winter Sun! And he's got a Santa hat, which is canon now. Oh, it's yeah. canon and <laughs> Santa hats exist in Thetis. That's really cute. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Happy Winter Sun, Telkin! Happy Winter Sun! And he uh, heads right over to you and he says, Got you a little something, you big old fop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I got you something, too. And I uh, give him his present. Okay, what did you give Telkin? So, Talgan, I got a very nice tooled leather belt, Ooh. and it has loops for his multiple, multiple axes. He does have quite a lot of axes. It's right. true. Oh, you know me so well, and he, like, pinches your <laughs> cheek, and he says, and I know you well, too. He has gotten you an elbow-length cape, like the, the short kind of fancy kind that goes around the front and the back. It is bright scarlet, wow. and I, <laughs> I have described this as a very dramatic scarlet cape. Spins and flourishes receive a permanent and useless plus three to drama. Yes! <laughs> nice. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, I give him a giant hug. <laughs> Thank you. Happy winter, send everyone. 
Uh, so uh, everyone sits down for breakfast, and I'm just going to go ahead and say the tradition in Thetis is to exchange presents while you eat, because why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, Elian's going to start off with the people that obviously celebrate the holiday, and also with Cassandra, because you're so sweet. <laughs> uh, it's her first winter scent. She needs another present. <laughs> I'm just still like, guys, I got a box, and in the box was this, and I'm like showing it off to people. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love the- you're gonna love mine. You're gonna love mine. Okay. Open open this one. Open this one. Another box. Okay. And then like I open it like really, really slowly for a dramatic effect. There's a small enamel box inside. Wow, it's another box! I'm like, wow, thank you for the smaller box. It's a it's a it's a trinket box. You can uh... keep things that are precious to you in it. Oh. <laughs> and I sort of lean forward, I'm like, Elian, I can't fit Mayveris in here. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry about that, but you could keep a picture of her. Uh, Leander is the last to sit down because yeah, he was the chef, so he's like making sure everyone's got good portions of food. Uh, and as he comes around to you, Elian, he sets a very small little present in front of you next to the plate. Thank you. And I shuffle through my, my stash of boxes and I slip him his own present. Uh, so like I mentioned before, uh, the present that you get is proportionate to the relationship that you have with each NPC. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> You're gonna. Each of you will get a actually good, like usable in-game present, like a like an item or a magical item or something like mm -hmm. that, from your love interests. And then any other presents you get from NPCs is based on whether or not they like you. <laughs> <laughs> no one warned me I had to be likable. <laughs> oh no! So do you want to open Leander's present? Yes, yes, I 100% do. Uh, so like I said, it's very small. It's maybe about the size of a ring box, but don't worry, he's not proposing to you. Lol. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you open up the small wooden box, and inside is a thumb pick. Ooh. A ring made of dark metal worn on the thumb used to play guitars, lutes, and other plucked string instruments. Uh, while using this ring to play any instrument, receive a plus three bonus to the dragon die of any roll. Nice. Uh, solid. Excellent. Love it. Like, he delicately set down his present to Elian right next to, the, not next to his place. For you, he smacks you on the head with it. <laughs> and then he <laughs> it to you. Ow, motherfucker. <laughs> Happy winter send. <laughs> I think I like, I don't know, I like Leander. We, I take a good cuber. I'm just like, I didn't even know we celebrated Shem holidays around here. That far gone? I was raised with Shem. I was born with the Shem. I forget sometimes. You could have been a Dalish. It's not too late. He says, <laughs> he says open your present. I open the present. Uh, he has given you a set of brass knuckles, and I am very, very. <laughs> I like the, the description of this. I'll read it out loud. When you suspect someone is lying, the wielder may punch the subject and force them to make a willpower self-discipline <laughs> TN13 roll, blurting out the truth on a failed test and dealing 1d6 damage regardless. This is my favorite wow. thing. While striking a subject out of combat, the roll to hit automatically succeeds. The magic of this weapon does not protect the wielder from the consequences of punching someone. <laughs> <laughs> the magic cannot affect the same subject twice. Delightful. That is amazing. Don't ask me where I got them. I will not. <laughs> I just sort of like raise an eyebrow at somebody like, don't punch too many people. I cannot make any promises. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like eyeing Lynn in out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it cannot affect the same subject more than once. So you better choose, choose wisely. wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Say that you like me, you son of a bitch. No. <laughs> oh no! Do you like me? Slam! <laughs> well, I think now that the precedent has been set of giving you presents, I slide a present your way, Sabre. 
I'm like looking horrified. Like <laughs> I did not realize we were going to celebrate this holiday. You know, I I don't celebrate this. No, no, I know, I know. I just I wanted to get you something. I like look at it suspiciously. <laughs> Is it going to explode? <laughs> no. I open it, but very carefully. Your suspicion is not at all justified. It does not explode. Okay. It does not shoot ink. It does not do anything horrible. No, it's it's actually it's a very nice, um, fancy spearhead. Elian says as you look at it. I know that the um, the size of a spear shaft is dependent on the height of the user, so I didn't want to get it mounted or anything. But I know that you fight with a spear a lot, and I thought you might like it. I'm like looking at it and looking at you and I'm like this is surprisingly thoughtful. <laughs> Are you sure it does not explode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could find a way to make it explode, but no, it does not. I like look awkwardly at you and I'm like I Thank you. You're welcome. Uh Mayveris comes down. She's a little late uh cuz you know she was sick and in bed, uh, but she comes down. She has a huge armful of presents. I told you, they only give you a present if they like you, except for Mayveris. Mayveris gives everyone a present. <laughs> right, except for Mayveris, who gives to everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. She says, happy winter send, everyone. Oh, May, happy winter send. Can I help you with any of those? Oh, no, dear. Wouldn't dream of it. And she immediately starts distributing the presents. Um, and you get another present, Sabre, from her. Uh, yours is quite large and heavy. Wow. Uh, Aliens, yours is large but very light. And Cassandra, yours okay. is very small. Uh-huh. She says, Sabre, I think you'll like yours. I'm like looking yeah. horrified again. I'm just like, I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh god, if I'd known that you were oh. Uh. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. We we did not expect it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like awkwardly opening it up. Uh Sabre, she has given you a very well-made set of uh big combat like lace-up boots. Oh, nice. Uh, excellent traction. They don't have any magical properties. They just look cool. How did you know my size? <laughs> I like look up her. How did you know my size? She says, oh, woman's intuition. She says, so seriously, you almost believe her. What, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Elian, open your present. Okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, I just rip into the paper. She got you a very fancy wide-brimmed hat with a blue peacock feather in it. Oh my god. You know me so well. The most Orlesian. I love it. I saw it and I thought of you and I knew you had to have it. Thank you. And I just pull her into a hug. Aww. And she pats your back. My turn. (laughs) (laughs) You open it up. It is in a small, very fancy box. It is a beautiful uh pendant that looks like it it is inset with opal it is called the pendant of faith once per encounter the wielder of this amulet may re-roll the dragon die on any magic roll that can be that's very useful and very flexible so use that well i just sort of stare at it and then stare at may and just whisper thank you she smiles and she says, don't mention it. And she has a different sort of look in her eye now. Maybe because something happened once. I know. It's almost <laughs> yeah. uh, Ren is just by now sitting down. Everyone has had to help him because, you know, legs don't work so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, and Ren is immediately like, well, why is everyone giving you presents to each other? <laughs> what's going on? Zephyr says, it's winter scent, that's it all. He says, oh, what's winter scent? <laughs> <laughs> Shem holiday. Oh, okay. 
you guys have fun with that then. And he sits down. And Severin says, which reminds me. And he hands a, he didn't, he didn't even bother wrapping it for you, Elian. Uh, Severin yeah, that's fair. hands you a little bottle. Uh, it is glass and it is labeled with a small white label that says crow poison. <laughs> he has given you a bottle of crew poison. Uh, this particular bottle ca- contains enough for 10 weapon applications. There's actually in the book, if you look it up, there's a statistic thing for crow poison. Oh, I know. Wow. <laughs> so you might want to look that up and jot that in your inventory. Oh, yes. He says, I know you were asking, and I figured uh, I could whip you up a bottle. Why not? Thank you. I um, I got you something, too. Oh, my um. goodness. It's uh, just a soft package. There's no box or anything to it. Uh, he sits down next to Ren and pulls it open. And, you know, I don't know him very well. And, like, I didn't want to get him anything weapony or whatever. So it's actually a um, very simple black shirt. But it has um, black work embroidery Ooh, black on, on the black. cuffs and the collar. Ren's like, nice. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he also tosses a small package to uh, Ren as well. I got you one too. Ren barely catches it in time. Like, the fuck? He was not <laughs> expecting to get a present. <laughs> he didn't even know today was present day for you shems. But he opens it. Sure. It, it's just, it's another shirt. Because again, I wasn't sure what he would even accept. Because <laughs> I knew that he didn't. Uh... I was not expecting this, but thanks, I guess. You're welcome. And Dorian says, oh, by the way, uh, he leans down. He went and got the mail before he uh, sat down at the table. And he says, a package came for Sabray, he says. And he hands it across the table to you, Sabray. What? Oh. He says, it's from Divine Victoria. Oh. It's not like that, Ren. (laughs) (laughs) And Ren's like, "Uh uh-huh, got it. Blushing furiously and trying not to look at Lannan. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, no, act- actually, I believe him. Leliana, her taste, she's way too much taste to go after you. So, yeah, I oh, know, I believe that. I like punch him in the shoulder. <laughs> oh, he's an asshole. And I open up the present. Uh, she has gotten you the Book of Shartan. <gasps> the Book of Shartan is a, uh, it's a part, it's one of the stricken uh, books in the Chant of Light, the one that was uh, declared blasphemous and heretical after the. Or actually, slightly before the exalted march on the Dales. The Chantry wanted an excuse to invade the Elvish kingdom of the Dales, and so they struck all record of Shartan from the Chant of Light. But copies of the Book of Shartan still survived, and this book is all about Shartan, the elven slave from Tevinter, who helped Andraste fight the Tevinter Imperium. Oh, this is really cool. I'm like, I sit next to Ren, I'm like, look what she got me! I don't even like books that much, but I'm pretty excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) He fights Shems! Yeah! Right, I like look at Elia and I'm like, our, our present. I brought it. Okay. Okay. Here, here. You give it to him. Oh, okay. And I'm like, Dorian, this is from me and Elian. Oh, well, that's so thoughtful of you. And he opens it. A history of the Navarran death mages. I'd ask how you know, but I think I know how you know <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a necromancer. <laughs> we hope you like it. He says, "Oh, I do. Thank you very much. This is very thoughtful." And he immediately flips it open. 
quick question. Did you say Hawk and Fenris were here or no? Uh, yes, Hawk and Fenris are here. They have already exchanged Winter Sun presents quietly. The NPCs all got each other presents too, but I'm not going to... We've only got so much time in an episode, y'all. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I got Hawk a fancy collar for Cat. Oh, my oh, God. God. That's adorable. A bone for Cat to gnaw. So that one's Cat's present. Hawk literally stands up and hugs you so tightly he lifts you off the ground. He's like, you got me a present for my dog. I love you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, I just have a small pair of throwing knives for Fenris. Ooh. Nothing fancy, but he seems the type to like knives. Yeah, he likes sharp things. That's true. And I'm like, oh, oh speaking of knives, and then I hand Leander like a box. Leander seems surprised. Yeah, he opens the box. There are daggers inside. He does like daggers, too. He does like daggers. Right. And then I sort of like cheekily grin at Elliot and like a little bit. I'm like, feel free to sharpen them at the table. <laughs> oh, that sex gets joke. you a sex death joke. Blair. Sex joke. Sharpening. Sharp <laughs> I'm funny, damn it. You I know are so jokes. the ace. Tri- she did it. She, she'd made a sex joke. Everybody up Thank you. So Thank hard. you. And then I also need to give Elliot his present. And I'm like, ah. Uh, I think I got the hang of this, hopefully. Thank you. And I open it up. It is a cream-colored embroidered tunic. And I'm like, it seems to be in fashion, these things, because you just gave like two of them. (laughs) Thank you. And I just pull you into a hug. And then I look at Yaria like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like holding this small box like, do you want it? I'm looking like horrified at you two. And he's like, not you two. I thought I was I... safe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was with no, the, sh- the no, chef. I was with the no. humans. Uh, tomorrow, I take it. Uh, it's very thoughtful. It's the most thoughtful. Inside the box is a wolf's tooth for hanging on your spear. Oh, oh, how nice! That's cute. You know, because Fenharel, and now that we've met him, we should definitely kill him. Anyway, here's a wolf's tooth. <laughs> <laughs> So I slip May a gift, and um, inside is this lovely uh, kind of sheer, shimmery uh, blue scarf, Ooh. and I have hand-embroidered some silver stars on it. Oh, darling. Honestly, you spoil me. <laughs> Only the best for you. <laughs> she reaches across and pinches your cheek. And um, I slide over a small, a small box to Lannan. Lennon looks alarmed and terrified. <laughs> I, I don't sell. I'm not Andrastian. I, don't I know. Dorian's like, well, you better fucking get used to it because I got you a present too. And Lennon's like, God damn it, Dorian. You're <laughs> reminding my point. Yeah. <laughs> he grumbles to himself and then he opens it. So inside is just this little decorative jar. And um, you know, at first it's like, oh, okay, it's just a lidded jar. Like, what the fuck? Inside there's a, there's a bomb that... Um, my my grandmother would use when her joints would ache. I thought um, for uh, your rest. Thank you. He seems like he was not expecting to get have someone get him a present. Clearly, you're you're welcome. Thanks. I said that already, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, like obviously go up to her and <laughs> have the little box. I'm like. I know you were in the shop when I purchased this, but hopefully you didn't see it. She says, I did my very best not to look. 
I hand her the box, but like very deliberately, like brush my hands against hers while I do it. She uh, blushes very prettily and opens the box. And inside is the uh, sapphire amulet made to look like, or enchanted to be shawl shiny like Rolirium. She says, oh my goodness, it's very shiny. <laughs> and she immediately takes it out and puts it on. And I am also very smiley and happy about it. Like, I wanted to at least try to capture your beauty. She says, oh, so sweet. Everyone at this table is just spoiling me today. You deserve it. So you all have a very nice winter scent breakfast. Aww. And it's full of laughter and good food and occasionally ribald jokes from Zevran. <laughs> yes. But everyone has a really nice time. Uh, and at the end of the meal, everyone is in the process of cleaning up. Behind you, Sabre, you hear someone clear his throat a little bit. <clears throat> I turn around. It's Lennon looking a little awkward. He says, I want to do, um, apologize for the couple nights ago i was unnecessarily rude and brusque and i didn't mean to yell at you and he reluctantly hands you a gift i look at it in horror not you too it's quite small it's quite light but it is well wrapped he says it's you don't have to give me a gift or anything i just it's mo like i said it's mostly it's mostly an apology for me yelling at you i wasn't angry at you i was angry at solace for being a dickhead it seemed like a bad day yeah I lost my temper, too. I'm... I'm sorry. That's all right. This is... You can open the present later or now. Oh, I don't... It's fine. No, I'm, just, I'm gonna... Uh, uh, I open it. <laughs> Inside is a hala horn. Now, hala are considered sacred to the Dalish. Hala are small sort of deer-like animals. They are bred. They pull the aravels, uh... They commune, the Dalish have like Hala keepers that literally communicate and commune with Hala. One of the gods, one of the elven gods, uh, Gilanane, uh, is the mother of the Hala. So they're very intrinsic to their culture. And so you have this multi-branched sort of weaving horn. Each thread of the horn has been hollowed out and it is, it has been turned into a war horn. Hala horn, a hollowed out hala horn painted black and carved with elven runes. While in combat, the wielder may blow it like a battle horn to inspire their allies, giving all who hear it a plus one bonus to the dragon die on every roll. Oh, that's really cool. Yes, and this is a big deal. Like, one of the big reasons Dalish caravans get attacked is because hala horns are so precious. Uh, this is a big deal. A hala horn is a, it's a kingly gift. I think I'm, I'm sort of staring at it and... Like, just complete shocked silence. I look up to him and I'm like, where did you, where did you get this? Oh, my, um, <clears throat> my, when my clan was, I uh, was killed, a lot of the artifacts were taken back to me uh, at the, at Skyhold, where I was still the Inquisitor. And they've just been sort of gathering dust. It's hard for me to look at them sometimes. And I don't know, I figured it'd be better in the hands of someone who could use it. I'm just sort of staring at it, and I think there's like, a, like my eyes are kind of tearing up. But it gets awkward immediately. I just look at him and I'd say very genuinely, I don't think you know what this means to me. Thank you. No problem. And then he stands there awkwardly. <laughs> I also stand there awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him. I look down at the horn again. I'm just like, um. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, I should I should Yeah, go. I'm gonna go tell Ren about I'm that. Gonna, uh, a, yeah, yeah, I gotta bye. go tell oh, yeah, oh I'll see you later. <laughs> Hey friends, Tessa here. If you're desperate to hear the next episode, chances are good that you can by joining our Discord server. We post links to all episodes and pre-release, and you can even chat with us and listen live as we record. Join us by going to bit.ly slash cfcdiscord. For more information on the show, character biographies, and links to social media, head to our website, critfail.club or critfailclub.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Crit Fail Club does not advertise at all, so if you like what you hear, tell a friend who might also like it, make a post on social media about it, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Full episodes are available on our YouTube channel, bit.ly slash cfc channel, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.